Welcome back, Trenders. I'm your host, Chase, with a brand new episode of Trendy. We hope you had a great last week and an even better weekend. We're going to start off taking a look at some indicators and earnings from last week. Starting out the week, we had Carnival report earnings. And by earnings, we mean losses. The cruise industry was decimated by the pandemic and has so much debt on their balance sheets now. I don't think they're a great purchase for your portfolio in the future. But you probably can get a cheap price on cruises in the future. So take a look. Tuesday, we saw our trendy friends McCormick release exceptional earnings, as well as Lululemon. And candy stock companies are up. Hershey and Mondelez are being traded at all-time high. Wednesday, we saw that pending home sales dropped 21% year over year, which is falling right in line with the housing recession taking place. And Bed Bath & Beyond dropped 26%. After the company sold $300 million of its own stock, its market cap is now at 70. It's not looking too good for our friends. But what is looking good for you is the three trends we have for you today. For first trend, breakups in the business world are still happening. For second trend, Goldman Sachs has been more like Goldman Sucks recently. And Morgan Stanley is looking more like Morgan Studley. It's because what the companies have decided and how they've positioned. And for our third and strongest trend, the influencer girl economy. We take a look at which company that influencers are driving growth in and why these are the ones that you should pay attention to. In the- Let's take a closer look. For first trend, there's a big breakup I'm sure everyone knows about. And no, I'm not talking about The Bachelor with Gabby and Zach. I'm talking about Alibaba has decided to split into six different business and its stock is up 14% on them. And you may ask yourself, why would a company's stock be worth more if they're splitting up? We've talked about this on a couple different episodes, but there are parts of different businesses that can perform better on their own and are not bogged down by the bureaucracy of conglomerate or government intervention that may happen in one business unit that ends up affecting it. The trend over the last hundred years is that conglomerates have always been on the rise. Why? Personally, because I think it helps CEOs sleep better at night. And the same would be true for yourself as an investor. Imagine if you owned all of your stock in one company, all of your retirement in one company. That would be stressful because if anything happened to that one company, your net worth would disappear. However, that's why you invest in an ETF or an index fund where it owns a portfolio of stock. The same is true for a business, having a conglomerate that operates in independent business unit. So when one has a down year, the others can have a good year because they're not correlated in any way. It smooths the volatility, but also diminishes the returns that a single business unit could achieve on its own if it could fly high and on its own. Now we've talked about this happening before with GE becoming G3 and splitting in healthcare power and ABA. So these aren't just one-off instances that are happening. This I think is a growing trend to keep your eye. Back in 2021, Johnson Controls announced their plans to split into two separate companies. One focused on building technologies and solutions and the other is focused on power. So IBM made a similar announcement in 2020 where it's spinning off its managed infrastructure service into a separate public company. And this new company will focus on managing and modernizing IT. So the trend to watch out for is business breakups are on the rise, but the potential return for investors is much greater. For second trend of the day, Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley are two of the largest investment banks. They both offer a range of financial services to high profile clients around the world. And they look and sound pretty similar from a high level view. However, in terms of revenue, Goldman Sachs made about $44.5 billion in 2020 and Morgan Stanley made about $48 billion in the same year. Now both got a shot in the arm during the pandemic 
but Morgan Stanley has been seeing a lot more sticking power in their revenue because they've decided to focus more on wealth management and less on investment banking, which is leading investors to say, Goldman sucks and Morgan Stanley is a studly. Wealth management makes up 45% of Morgan Stanley's and it's primarily in the Americas. Whereas Goldman Sachs, 70% of their global banking and markets makes up their revenue and only 28% is focused on wealth management and asset, which is why you see a massive amount of layoffs being announced by Goldman Sachs, because those deals and dollars are fading away, but wealth management are to stay. The trend to focus on is go where the stickier business is, because when those revenue pops drop, the stickier business will carry you through the hard time. Fourth, third, and final trend, the influencer economy, specifically the influencer girl economy, which is a wide range of people, but as a married man, I watch The Bachelor and most of the girls that come off the show become influencers. And they all have a very similar rinse and repeat approach. But watching it and understanding all these influencers and the products they push, I'm trying to think how as someone who, how can I use this trend to position my portfolio and my listeners to be in a better spot in the future? So I came up with a list of companies I think that are beneficiaries of the influencer economy. So I broke it down into four main areas that I think are beneficiaries. That's tech, beauty, apparel, and products. For tech, I'm gonna say Apple because I've never seen an influencer that has an Android. No matter how expensive Apple products get, influencers will keep buying it. Next, I would say Meta, which owns Facebook and Instagram. Social media is the air influencers breathe. And then finally, Pinterest. I think Pinterest is not necessarily e-commerce, but it's pre-commerce. And it's a platform not just for women, but I think there's a lot of cool, ideas generated from it. I know our house wouldn't look so good if my wife wasn't always going on Pinterest to get ideas how to decorate. For our second category, I say beauty. Uh, I feel like beauty products are a good business model because businesses that tend to have strong reoccurring revenue tend to perform well over the long term. The two I would say are Ulta Beauty and Unilever. And more recently I've seen Elf Beauty. I think beauty products are the foundation, pun intended, of the influencer economy. Our third category, apparel. I would break these down as Lululemon and Nike. I'm sure there are one-off LA-based apparel companies that are gonna do well, but those two I think are both publicly traded and both are riding the tailwind that influencers are giving. And number four are products, which I would break down. Starbucks, Amazon, and Target. I think these three companies are beneficiaries of the industry economy. Now, all these companies on their own, separate, without this lens, I think are solid businesses and perform well and a lot of them outperform the stock market, depending on what period you're looking at. But the whole reason I came up with this thesis was because a product I noticed recently showing up everywhere, and it was the Stanley Cup. I don't think you can throw a stone in the United States now, and it wouldn't hit someone who has a Stanley Cup. Now, I don't believe you can buy Stanley Company as a stock, I think, conglomerate. I'm not sure if they're publicly traded, but even if it was, I think it's more of a fad than a trend, and we care about trends here. Fads are bad, trends are your friend but I think the Stanley Cup is a prime example of the power of the influencer economy, and these companies are positioned well to take advantage. Now for the takeout portion of our show, for first trend. Business breakups are on the rise, and it's not because it's bad business. It's because just like every sports team, there's one player that's leading the success of that, and investors wanna invest in that winning player. However, CEOs are coaches, and they need to make sure they have diverse players to complement their team. And while businesses are run by CEOs, CEOs are removed or added 
based on decisions of the board directors. And the board directors is influenced by what investors want. And investors want more winning businesses and less bogged down conglomerate. Four second trend. Investment banking deals are down, which is having investors say, Goldman sucks. The craze of all the companies going public and the acquisitions has faded off. Pretty much every company that went public via SPAC isn't doing so well right now. Morgan Stanley took a different approach and tried to focus more on wealth management. And because of this decision, they're doing better now. And we believe at Trendy, they'll do better in the future because of this strategic choice. Or a third and final trend, the influencer economy. I think there's a portfolio of companies that are positioned well to take advantage of the influencer tailwind. And if you underestimate the power of the influencers, just look at the Stanley Cup. Thanks for coming back for another episode of Trendy. I'm your host, Chase. We've got a special episode for you in the next couple of weeks. We're starting to branch out into interviews. And our first interview was with a very brilliant doctor of mechanical engineering, where we dive into the crypto markets, higher ed, and the housing market. We look forward to seeing you then.